Welcome back to Normalize This. This is Ryan Kippis, your host, and my co-host here, Robert Smith. Hey, guys. So the Russian invasion has continued now for almost, what, four a days, week. five days, yeah. a week? Um, there is some crazy stuff going on. And, you know, most people thought that Putin wasn't going to even attempt to cross over into Ukraine. But now he's in Ukraine. I believe he's captured one of their major cities already. But the Ukrainian people have such a spirit behind them. They are, they are fighting back. Moms, dad, kids, they're out there as a community making Molotov cocktails and keeping their cities safe and pushing back and stopping and slowing down the Russians so much. They never thought that they were going to have be able to do that. Right. And, and it really is crazy because I didn't think, you know, he would do it. I, I thought he was posturing for what he wanted, not really going in to do it. And then he did. And then talking to the Russian people, I I've got several contacts over there and they've told me we didn't think he'd do it either that they, they were caught off guard as well. And yeah. something something I want to go into real quick before we get started talking on this topic okay. is it goes back to something I'm trying to make sure I keep in my mind is attack the issue and not the person. So we will be exactly. attacking the issue and not the people. Just like, you know, when we go to war and we're not behind our president, we've seen that in the past. And, you know, we need to kind of keep that in mind that it's not the Russian people we're after, or it's not the Russian people that, that we uh, see as the enemies. Um, to that point, um, they're having a lot of uh, people go AWOL from the military in mm -hmm. Russia because they are conscientious, conscientious objectors or also just you know not wanting to go to U the Ukraine and die uh, fighting their brothers. And yeah, it's insane. I can't. Going back to the other part, though, is there people are marching in Moscow and it's not the U.S. I mean, you march in Moscow, you're going to prison like it's not a, you know, an easy thing to stand up against the government there. You know, either you're pro Putin or you're in jail. And so that that's such a huge thing. I saw an old lady last night that was protesting. She was uh, actually around for World War Two. And when they pushed Nazi Germany out of the Ukraine and she was protesting the war in red square and was arrested. And the crowd was like, just going nuts. Like, how can you arrest this old woman? And I was like, well, I mean, no one's safe. No one is safe. And oh, yeah. to that effect, uh, they, in case you don't know, the Russians are actually not getting uh, news of the front that, unless it comes through uh, the Russian government. And so they're not seeing the bloodshed of, of uh, the Russian soldiers dying, starving, you know, running out of gas, all this stuff. And people have taken to posting pictures on Google, Google Maps, basically, on museums and stuff like that around Moscow. If you go and I had to do it yesterday, but this morning I noticed the photos I saw yesterday were already taken down. So they're kind of bouncing around little points of interest on Google Maps and starting to post pictures of the fallen Russian soldiers and things like that. It's a little bit of psychological warfare, but at the same time, it's trying to show the Russian people, hey, you're being lied to. 
And uh, it's just really interesting because we've also seen video of Ukrainians. I saw one yesterday and I shared it with Ryan yesterday. Um, just tore my heart. Basically, the Ukrainian, uh, the Russian soldier actually um, just surrendered to the Ukrainians and he was starving. And the Ukrainians brought him in. They were feeding him. They uh, gave over their phone and let him video call his mom to let her know that he was okay. And while he was talking to his mom, he broke down crying. I was like, this is, this is, I mean, we wouldn't treat our POWs that way. And you know, Russia wouldn't treat their POWs that way. So if there's not a country more deserving, a people's more deserving of relief and help, they definitely are. And Ryan, if you don't mind to that point, I'd like to plug a LGBTQ organization that is giving money directly to uh the ukrainians it is well, while he's looking for that um dude it, that broke my heart it's just like so difficult for for and you know i'm a big i'm a big emotional person anyway so <laughs> stuff like that always makes me cry if anybody so, knows ryan is <laughs> ryan is uh, he looks brooding but he's very soft <laughs> he's a teddy bear uh, i am and uh, it just it breaks my heart to see to see him that guy he was in so much pain like he was he looked like he was ashamed he looked like he was he didn't want his, his mom to see him cry like he tried to hide his face and the guy the the Ukrainian people they started rubbing his back just hugging him you know it's gonna be okay you know we've got you you're safe now. And it really, really shows the grace of the Ukrainian people. Um, these weren't these weren't soldiers. These were the actual Ukrainian people. The the Ukrainians recognize Russians as their brothers and sisters just as much as a lot of the Russian people recognize the Ukrainians as their brothers and sisters. And it's why you had so many conscious objectors. Because, you know, if I had to go, you know if say one of the one of the states was to secede i would not be able to go and attack people and attack innocent people at that to try to get that that state back i couldn't imagine doing that and that's essentially what they're having to do yeah and you know people just like them speak the same language uh same heritage all that and they do have cultural you know differences but it's not it's not something that never was embraced. It's always been embraced. If you, if uh, any of our listeners would like to donate to a, an LGBTQ cause for the Ukrainians, it's the Outright Action International. Uh, they've launched a fundraiser to support uh, Ukraine's LGBTQ uh, community as the you know Russian forces move across the country. So, if you uh, feel the need to donate, that's a really good international organization to donate to. So I don't know if you're aware, Rob, but there was an assassination plot against President Zelensky. That's crazy. Foil, right? Not, he's such, not he's only, such a he's such a cutie. Who who he, would want to kill him? Super cute. <laughs> 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 and he's out there on the front lines with his fatigues on, fighting with his people. Like he's not sitting back. Like I mean, honestly, our president would sit back and he would be in a bunker somewhere <laughs> in a bunker somewhere where he's out there fighting with his people. So by, you're not going to believe this, the Russians federal security service. So yeah. 
the Russian Federal Security Service contacted Ukraine and said, hey guys, the, these guys from Chechnya or Chechen, they got special forces over there. They're going to go attack and kill, try to kill the president over there. You know, watch out. And they stopped them. They, they ended up killing the, the special forces unit that was trying to come across and uh, kill their president. So it just goes to show even more that if, if the actual, uh, you know, Russian Federal Security Service is telling Ukraine that, hey, there's somebody coming after your president, it's um, from our side, watch out, just how little, um, how much uh, Putin is losing as far as like his hold on his own government. Yeah, his his top security advisors. And the thing about it is, uh, before we move on to that part, I wanted to mention real quick, and, and Ryan, you know about this story, Tushiev was a top, or he was the top leader in Chechnya uh, for the rebel groups. There was a civil war in Chechnya, in case you don't know. These were the victors. Well, those victors came in to support Russia and attacked Ukraine. And the top leader uh, was actually killed uh, trying to attack the Ukraine. Now, something a lot of people don't remember is he was also instrumental in the gay purge of Chechnya from since 2017. Basically, they were rounding up gays um, and, you know, execution, exile, whatever, what have you. It, it was a gay purge uh, within that country. He has been killed. So that's just. Yes, uh, I mean, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> You know, so many people, so many people were, were, so many men were killed during that time. And yeah. I know we heard the news over here because we were talking about it today because we knew about it. But just a kind of a satisfaction to, to see that someone that has that much hate and that much um, malice towards LGBTQ people is got, got his just desserts, you know. Right. And I and I am grace graceful in the fact that, that I don't believe anyone needs to uh, be murdered or killed, but yes, he he definitely inflicted a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, and a lot of death. And it's kind of like, well, karma. It comes exactly. back. But we were talking about the Russian, but to that fact, the security. It, it's just, it's outrageous. That, I mean, going after Nazis is great. I'm all for, you know, punching a Nazi. Please feel free to do that if you see one in the U.S. or anywhere punch else. Punch your local yeah, Nazi. Punch him in the face. <laughs> Um, but I mean, that would be the only reason that I think would be almost acceptable for invading a country was if it was something like that, but it's obviously not that. And I hate the fact that he is trying to find any and every reason to, you know, to justify the things that he's doing. I even, I even heard, uh, read an article last night, um, that Putin, is losing it yeah he's mentally becoming more and more unstable every, every yeah on. every everyone uh i've noticed in the media all the all the psychological pundits have all been like dude this guy's off his rocker he is making moves that are nonsensical and you know borderline insanity and it's just it's one of those things where it goes back to attack the issue and not the people that's that's right. the issue right there yeah. Um, 
So I know that, that, that this is really difficult for a lot of people. It's not, it's, it's affecting the entire world, but you know, we stand with the Ukrainians and we just want to make sure that we give a voice and put out more information that we have heard and know so that, that you guys can make an informed decision. I mean, there's no reason to sit back and not do anything. We can't do much as Americans here now, but again, a donate, donate to any of the Red Cross charities and to the LGBTQ one that Rob just discussed earlier. Um, but I would like to talk, move over to the State of the Union speech. Sounds good to me. Um, so President Biden had his State of the Union speech on Tuesday. Except for the last ones. I didn't see yeah. it out of line with any other president. He basically, you know, pushed up his wins as much as he possibly could. But the one thing I did take away was a majority of the time, he never said I, mm -hmm. I did this, I did that. He said we, and then he also pointed out to the congressional body that was in front of him and said the bipartisan support a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, that says something, you know, when you're, when you're actually stopping to recognize the people that got these, you know, wins across the finish line. I mean, mm -hmm. And, and one of the things that I really like, and I'm going to say this until I'm blue in the face, this is the first U.S. president that has mentioned LGBTQ people and trans people in anything. He continues so many times. to put us forward and he continues to put us in the forefront of, of the things that he's doing. Uh, he was talking about the Equality Act and that it needs to get passed and um, talking about um, LGBTQ visibility and trans visibility. It was just you know, every time, every time I hear him say something like that, because it's always the first time, because he's the first one to do it, I, I get super excited. And he didn't talk about us very long, but the fact that we were even mentioned in the State of the Union speech, I mean, that's big stuff. That's big and, steps. Big and, steps. Yes. And, and I'm loving it. I'm here for it. I'm like, all right. With the content. All right, Daddy Biden, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about the classiest of the classiest? Her name is Lauren Bobert and Marjorie Taylor Greene. If you do not know who these people are, oh, they are yeah. hard, uh, hardcore right-wing politicians. Basically, they, you know, kind of heckled uh, Biden during during his State of the Union, mm -hmm. and uh, immediately drew uh, jeers and boos from the congressional uh, delegate and all the people in the gallery because on both sides of the aisle on the both sides of the aisle he was talking about something very poignant that was that was uh close to biden's heart which is in case anybody doesn't know his son hunter biden was in the military and uh during war a lot of times they have burn pits where they're burning medical waste other waste you know trash things like that they have to do something with it which is understandable but soldiers are coming home that they think that was part of gulf war sickness um soldiers mm -hmm. are coming home developing cancer uh things like that i had an uncle myself that that uh had so many different forms of cancers and weird uh illnesses after he got back from iraq the first time um the second time in afghanistan we really uh had a lot of issues with that and he was talking about you know how they've investigated that and reaching out to troops and their families that were affected by that. That's, you know, something close to his heart because his, his son, Hunter Biden died of, of cancer after dealing with that. 
And he was just about to mention Hunter Biden. He was talking about the subject, and that's when they broke in with their, with their uh, hateful, hateful uh, comments, and stood up. I was just like, "Wow, that's class. That that's real classy." I mean, oh yeah. I mean, Marjorie Marjorie was also recently at CPAC and at other conservative uh, white national. Uh, meetings and I mean she was even at the at one that they were praising Putin and you know yes actually the crowd was just shouting out his name it's like come on this is the U.S. bro like and then you want to be that wants to be all Republican Mm. uh, air quotes there guys all Republican and that those are people that are trying to get into government seats that are in government Marjorie is in you know the Congress and she's over here supporting and lifting up these types of ideologies. And so it makes total sense that she would be an ass and uh, at the State of the Union. So one of the things uh, Bobert did during the State of the Union, she was wearing a black jacket. And I didn't realize this at the time. But when she stood up and turned around on the back of the black jacket, it said, drill, baby, drill. Yeah, yeah. I didn't it, understand that. I mean, if you do, so it, it, yeah, it, it was it had to do do with uh, oil reserves and us actually going in and, and doing more drilling and independence on oil and things like that. Um, oh, I thought it yeah. was one of those Nazi slogans, you know, blood and oil. <laughs> <laughs> really I mean, I fair, fair. <laughs> no, but no, but and then you mentioned green. Green was actually one of the ones that that was. Uh, touting the January 6th mm-hmm. as a great day in, in U.S. history. Uh, she was very much outspoken on the mask mandates and as well as, you know, Trump had lost the election due to meddling by the Russians and Joe Biden and mm-hmm. all of this. You know, there's so much that she's notorious for. And I mean, she got removed from all of her uh, assignments, all of yep. her committee assignments, because she's acting crazy as shit i believe she's been up for censure several times in the Mm -hmm. house but yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty intense i i can't believe that we're still we still have people in office like that well there's more people have already gotten voted in after margie so i mean that's why it's so important to go out and vote i know that so many people feel like their voice isn't going to matter or their one vote isn't going to change anything but i mean if you saw the the presidential vote in uh, 2020 hello yeah i mean 75 million people voted for biden 70 million people voted for trump so there there's a big split there and there's 70 million people in the U.S. that actually think that Trump was right. If you don't right. go out and vote and you don't go out and put your voice out there, then you're you're letting those people come into power. And and I know it sounds rough, but silence is complicit. If you're silent right now and you're not going out and voting, I'm not saying you have to walk down the street with a sign or you know get out there and, and make a whole bunch of noise. But your vote matters, and wherever you are, it matters. And I want people to understand something about uh, politics when it comes to calling out, you know, uh, inconsistencies in voting, um, you know, the I've heard the rumor of dead people voting um, there. There 
are instances where that has occurred in a very small amount in the entire election during that 70, you know, 70 plus thousand, 70 plus million people oh, yeah. that voted uh, for one candidate. There was six that were dead. I mean, six fictitious votes. And not to say that there aren't people out there trying to, you know, hack into our, our voting systems and stuff like that. But I, I'm going to tell you that one of the tactics they use in politics is disillusioning voters, making them think their votes don't count. So even if, even if that news isn't coming from a politician, it's still that misinformation that's being put out there to make you disillusioned and think that your vote doesn't count because your vote does count. And that, that election perfectly proved it. There was only a, a, a extremely hair small gap between the winner and loser. So, and, and, and if I'm not wrong, those people that the dead people that voted were in Republican districts. Yes, you're correct. <laughs> you so, are correct. And they voted for Trump. Yes. So, you know, they're just shooting themselves in the foot here. Voter, voter, uh, fraud is so rare in the u.s like you said yeah. it, it 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 couldn't have changed the the course of the election in those areas because it was so so small Correct. but i mean uh, going with that though you have so many bills that have been passed especially in texas that voter rights bills or they're claiming their voter rights bills which restrict uh, people's ab ability to vote yes and they in and um what was it in North Carolina? They they removed ninety percent of the voting uh, places in one district that was a majority black district, majority people of color, person of color district, and only had one spot for them to all drop off uh, their their mail in ballots. Whereas in the white side or the more affluent side or the more Republican side, they were all over the place. You know? and that's a, you know that's akin to. Uh them posting, you know, clan members outside of uh, voting in the, you know, 50s and I think it was in the 60s when, you know, blacks earned the right to vote. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I say earned, that's not a right word. Blacks were given the right to vote. They, they mm -hmm. deserved the right to vote, period. Yes. But uh, yeah, they, they were, you know, keeping blacks out of the voting booths because they knew how they would vote. Yeah, I mean, they had poll taxes, so that kept people that were poor away from voting. Yep. They had uh, tests that people had to take at the voting booths back in the day to keep people from voting. Um, it, it, it's just outrageous. But one, one amazing thing that has happened recently is that Joe Biden has announced his Supreme Court nominee. Yes. It is an African-American woman. Her name is uh, uh, Ken... Oh, I can't say her name. Kentanji Brown Jackson. Yes. Um, and she is actually a, a federal court judge already. Um, so I'm super excited about this. And I'm ready to, to watch the, the Congress do their uh, confirmation hearings for it. You know, I, I'm apprehensive. I, I'm always apprehensive when it comes to Supreme Court justice uh, nominations, just because it's such a dirty process they drag up so much crap that you know oh yeah that and i'm not saying some of it shouldn't be admitted into the record but there are some things that that are really really you know nasty that they drag up 
and it, it always it saddens me for the candidate because you you know going into it you better not have any skeletons because if you do they will be found it doesn't matter how good you buried them you could have right. buried them out in a desert in arizona you're still gonna get found oh yeah i mean the historic nature of this is is going back to having the first black supreme court justice uh first black female supreme court supreme court justice correct it's not going to change the balance of power as far as conservative versus liberal um in the supreme court because the supreme court judge that is leaving is a liberal but you know looking looking in time you know he promised that he was going to do this one thing and he's doing which you know i'm i'm excited about you know biden is is a president like any other he has his faults and he has his the good things about him i mean he rallied the world around the sanctions for uh russia and helped push forward all of those the, the swift bank thing was intense because people were fighting that in europe because they didn't want that to happen biden i i feel that they're gonna nominate uh, she's gonna go through the confirmation hearing and she's actually going to get on the bench um, Me too. I, I think it's going to be a long, drawn-out process for no reason. Right. And Where, honestly, going, pa- going past her being female, African-American, she is very well accredited. She yeah. has... Eminently some, qualified. Yeah, she is so qualified for this. And there is no reason she shouldn't be confirmed. Uh, I, would, I would be hard-pressed for her to see anything come out. Because she she is definitely one of the most qualified ever I've ever seen come up for Supreme Court justice. She was she's been a judge for many years. She sits on a federal she sits on a federal judgeship as well. So I mean the ladies that he had pulled that were in his shortlist that we saw the, the week prior, all of them were eminently qualified. Um, so I'm really excited about that, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing you know what they do with it. I mean you had Amy Barrett Brown that got confirmed in a month you got i mean they pushed that through hard and it's just amazing that they're going to sit over here now uh, and when i say they i mean the republican party um that they're going to sit over here and and make this a slow arduous process just because they can right Uh, and you know you look back in history and and see uh obama's nominee uh sotomayor she she is amazing she she's right up there with ginsburg for me i mean yeah she's a bad bitch we, she is she is that. awesome i love her to death she anything that she sits on or weigh, weighs in on i i just listen to her with she's got so much grace and elegance and completely just blows my intelligence because i'm like wow that's amazing uh her thoughts on things and the perspective she brings so uh, i i very much have high hopes for jackson as well just like sotomayor and and you know sotomayor is not afraid to snap back no not at all scared of her colleagues i mean she respects them and she's never been disrespectful to them or or rude but i've seen her go after roberts oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i was like get it girl get yes him. yes and that was especially during the uh transgender um case that made it all the way to the supreme right. court where we finally got the luxury to not get fired from our jobs for being lgbtq mm. you know it took there were four cases um one of the guys had already passed away 
and his family con continued the case. You know, it was two, it was three gay men and then, or two gay men and, and two trans people. And it took a Supreme Court decision for us to be able to have the right to not get discriminated against and fired. But also you have to know that, that some of the Supreme Court judges that are really conservative, Merritt and, um, I can't remember the rest of them, but they actually agreed with it and realized that it was sex discrimination. But Sotomayor was like, hey, no ma'am, no sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Y'all need to pay attention to what you're actually talking about and what's going on here. This is discrimination based on sex. So I, I, I love she is definitely She is definitely on the top of my list of people that I would love to sit down and go to dinner with and, and just yes. talk with. Yes. So we're gonna change gears here for a minute and we're gonna move on to today's mental health topic. So Robert, you were talking about earlier about the medical issues that some of our soldiers come back with. Well, they also come back with some mental health issues as well. Uh, one of the major things that affects um, our military um, is PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. That is a disorder that develops in some people who have experienced a shocking, scary, or dangerous event it is uh, natural to feel afraid during and after a traumatic situation. Uh, and there are fear triggers that may change or cause different issues that the person is having. So some of the things that happen when somebody is uh, suffering from PTSD, which took forever for us to figure out, uh, they may relive, relive the event through flashbacks or nightmares. They may feel sadness, fear, or anger. They may feel detached or estranged from other people. So some of that looks like, you know, feeling that it's either you're either with me or against me all the time. Right. They're always in a, this fight mode or they're completely detached and they remove themselves from everyone and everything to, to stop the hurt. And a lot of that happens with our military people. But it, the, these things also happen with childhood trauma, with, um, you know, people that have been raped or molested. All of, all of these really traumatic events that happen in our lives can cause PTSD. I was going to mention that, uh, you know, it's not the military is definitely our poster children for this for this uh, syndrome. But understand that, you know, any form of trauma, any form mm -hmm. of trauma that that and it's it can't to me, trauma can't really be defined because it's a personal it's a personal uh, experience, what you experienced. Mm -hmm. So one person's trauma, maybe another person's just, man, it was a bad day. <laughs> I know that's oversimplifying it, but it is true. You know, exactly. it, diagnosis yeah. with, with a medical professional is required and necessary, and there are treatments out there for it. Exactly. A life-threatening event, and this includes a perceived to be life-threatening event. Right. Um, it is one of the key signs to look for or that can cause PTSD. Uh, I have had uh, employees of mine um, back when I owned my companies that, that had that as well. I remember, and yeah, I remember that I was actually disciplining somebody um, and I'm in a meeting with them and we're going over the things that, that, that happened. It was an incident and they started to shut down. They started to shake. They started to cry. And I had to stop myself I mean, I was, I was super irritated and upset by what had happened, but I could see somebody was hurting and I could see that they were in pain. And it was, it was nowhere, nowhere near, it wasn't equal to what was going on. Right. So right. that's how I knew something was up. 
So their response wasn't equal to, you know, getting written up at work. Because it was I, a response I, from other situation yeah. that you couldn't, you couldn't be perceptive to. Exactly. And so I, I had to ask, Hey, is it, are you, are you okay? You know, this isn't normally like you. Um, and that employee said, this situation is, is a trigger. It's very stressful and it's causing my PTSD to, to come back and for me to have those emotions and feelings. And, and I'm so proud of that person for, for telling me that because I didn't know. I mean, I, I, I've been in the mental health field for quite a while, but we don't know everything and we don't always see the, the triggers or don't always know what the triggers could be for somebody because it's very individual, that's very uh, personal. What would trigger somebody else might not trigger me, but be aware if people are shutting down and are, you know, starting to cry and their reaction doesn't, it doesn't equate to the same thing that's happening, there, there, there's something there. And so let's have some grace with each other and let's have some more understanding because that is a hard thing to deal with. And, you know, you can get PTSD from a car crash. You can get PTSD from, you know, abandonment uh, as a child from, from your parents. So let, let's be a little bit more uh, patient with ourselves and with others and try to recognize when, when somebody is going through something or there's, you know, a struggle that we may not recognize. And Ryan, uh, you know, this is a particularly uh, poignant topic for me and very, mm -hmm. very personal because my family and I, we were involved in a accident where a man uh, killed himself by jumping in front of my, my pickup truck. And my family was with me. We suffered a lot after that. Uh, just recovering from that mentally. Um, we were physically fine, but mentally we were definitely broken. A lot of mine was disassociation, just really dislocating myself from my feelings and my emotions. And then they would manifest in other ways. Yeah. Uh, there, there is one, one that kind of sticks with me and sticks around. And it's, if I hear my youngest daughter crying, I immediately go into fight mode and I will do anything and everything to get to her. And screw anyone in between that because exactly. she 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 is my number one priority in that moment and it's something i still face and still deal with but i've i i sought help mm -hmm. and uh, was able to uh kind of get through that and that was key was seeking help because i knew i couldn't do it on my own as much as i tried it just i got worse and worse in the disassociation and really feeling some of that some of those effects so yeah, Ryan, you're absolutely right in that it could take anything from a car accident to, you know, abuse to going to war and dealing with the, with all the uh, intricacies that come from that, because those guys, they witnessed so much. And mm -hmm. I mean, that's some of the things they witnessed are beyond imagination and even just the pain they went through physically and mentally. So, yeah, I mean, and it, it's, this topic's important to me and why I brought it up. Um, because for me, uh, I am a survivor of, of sexual assault. Right. And so it, it, it's really, really important to be able to see people and see their actions and see how they're reacting. If it's not in concert with what's going on around them, there's something up and those, that person needs your help. And, 
you know, that, that affects me today and it affects me in relationships as far as dating and other things like that, which kind of brings us into our next topic, you know, dating and relationships in 2022. Um, <laughs> oh man. So the pandemic done, done messed everybody up already. So everybody's got their own form of probably PTSD as well depression and other anxieties about meeting people about going out and stuff like that um you have uh, in the lgbtq culture we have a hookup culture um that is not super helpful in this and i feel area. like it it just kind of boomed even more so with with yeah. uh with covid yeah it didn't it did not help at all uh, <laughs> so i mean there's all these apps where people can meet each other which are great but I mean, the majority of them, heck, even Facebook has turned into, um, you know, a hookup app at points. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many times I have seen an unsolicited dick pic come through. <laughs> and I'm like, real. I don't even know who you are. This is the first thing you're going to lead with. Um, I, almost, I almost want that to be classified as sexual <laughs> assault in a way. It is. <laughs> you're assaulting my vision at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, so so, so Ryan, I have a question for you as someone that's that's not really in the dating field, but kind of you know just curious. How you know the bar scene really isn't doesn't seem like a conducive place to find people. Mm-hmm. The apps are toxic. So how does one person do that? Do you have any advice for anyone out there that's that's going through uh, this? Be realistic about what you're doing and the medium you're using. Um, if you're using a hookup app like Growler or Scruff or Jacked or whatever it is, be realistic about it. Be uh, upfront and honest about what you want and don't want. So setting those boundaries early um, with anyone, especially in your profile, uh, if you're gonna use that as a way of meeting people. Um, another great thing is to Stop setting these high expectations when you meet people. You know, go into a, a date as with the idea of, you know what, I'm, I've met this person, we've talked online, you know, I really like them, I'm going to have a good night, we're just going to have fun and get to know each other more, instead of, oh, we're going to hook up after this, or right. this is right. the love of my life. I mean, I've seen people have 10 loves, loves of their life in a month. Like, <laughs> Come on, guys. I think we've all been there at some yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's easy to, to, to get attached to somebody, um, especially if you've been talking or chatting a while online, um, because you're getting emotionally and mentally attached to that person. And, and if that your idea of who they are doesn't match who they are when you meet them, it can be a big letdown. So just, again, go with no expectations when you're going into a date, especially the first time meeting somebody. Try to do it somewhere that's not a bar because you're just, I mean, you're going to end up in the gay world. You're just going to end up having some drinks, making out, and probably hooking up. That brings on an interesting fact that I'd like to bring up. Uh, coming from the bi world, a fr- another bi friend of mine were, and I were talking about this. And it's almost like, and I don't know where where it went off the rails, but in gay culture, and I actually, I do. It's because of the subversive nature that it had to take. Yeah. But, well, it can be for most guys. But anyway, <laughs> that's another story for another time. Um, yes. But then, you know, falling in love 
and then the idea of sex after you fall in love <laughs> and we all know that's the quote unquote social norm but or socially acceptable but quote unquote but, social ideal correct correct so mm -hmm. it, it it interested me when i came out and started you know discussing gay culture and getting into that that lifestyle and gay culture i realized the the juxtapose that it was in as far as you know gay versus straight and how that works and and i can't speak to the lesbian version of this or yeah, the you know trans version of this it's just what i noticed within gay culture that was that was completely interesting so trying to trying to i don't know to navigate without that expectation of sex within the gay world i i i would find it extremely hard it, it is difficult because we're guys and our our impulse is to give in to our our carnal desires right uh, <laughs> but no, true you know most of the guys that i've dated all of them i had a, a mental and emotional attachment to them before we had sex but it was usually because we were chatting through an app or something like that. And by the time we got to meet, you know, that, that emotional connection was there and we right. didn't sleep with each other on the first day, which is, that, is that's how you know, it's real Ryan. Yeah. You know, you're not sending, you know, new pictures to each other and talking all nasty when you're courting, I guess, in the beginning, uh, you're more likely, at least for me, it's more likely going to be a more meaningful relationship, whether it turns out to be uh, just a friendship, a really close friendship, or you're, I'm going to actually date this person. Um, that works for me. Now, do I hook up? Sure, we all do. But that's my philosophy, my philosophy is dicks need to be a surprise. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a jack in the box. You don't know what you're going to get when it pops open. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'm going to use that from now on. <laughs> uh, but it's difficult and it's uh, super time consuming. And there's a lot of hurt people out there that are even afraid to, to get into relationships anymore. A lot of damaged um, goods. Oh, yeah. So just realize that if you are talking with somebody and you want that, you know, romantic relationship with them, um, be clear and honest in the beginning stay focused and and don't don't cross your own boundaries just to make that person happy if that's what you think will make them happy um because it can be really uh detrimental to yourself yeah and also treat a person like a human you know don't just stop talking talk to them and let them know hey i'm not really really into that i'm not ghosting yeah, yeah. ghosting is is so toxic got it's it, so it treat treat people the way you want to be treated because you are a person and they are people too with mm. emotions you know talking to someone on the other end is easy because you don't see their face you don't see their things that would trigger your own emotion to to mm. recognize them as a human being you're basically talking into your phone which isn't a human being so keep in mind that that's all there's a real person on the other end of that exactly and you know, there's exceptions to the rule. If somebody's being abusive and rude and oh. disrespectful to you, yep, ghost away. But if they haven't been, if they haven't crossed that line, then, and, and I've done it myself, um, even when I went on a date before, I wasn't feeling the date. And I was just like, hey, you're a nice guy. I'm just not really feeling this. You know, I don't feel like this is going to go anywhere. And I don't want to waste either one of our times. Now, a lot of people are not going to do that. <laughs> 
Uh, and it was actually, a, I felt so, so good. I felt um, really proud of myself being able to do that because the other guy wasn't upset. He I was, was about like, to say, the other guy was probably extremely appreciative. Yeah, he you know, was. He was really appreciative. He thanked me for it. He's like, I completely understand if you're not interested in me. Thank you for, you know, being upfront and honest about it. So. And even if they're not, the worst thing that can happen is, is that person gets, gets angry and you just walk away. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, worst case scenario. And yeah. really, well, I say worst case scenario, but we all know that people are crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But, you know, it, it just be human, treat people like other humans, mm-hmm. don't treat them, don't, don't treat them, you know, awfully, just be kind to one another. Exactly. Now, I know we've talked about a lot of really heavy topics today and really heavy uh, subjects, but I want to leave you guys with a motivational quote today. And we can talk about it for a minute. This is uh, by Theodore Roosevelt, and it states... It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes up short again and again, because there is no effort without error or shortcoming. But he who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself for a worthy cause, who at his best knows in the end, the triumph of high achievement and who at his worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who knew neither victory nor defeat. Dare greatly, because if you're not daring greatly, you're not living. Nope. And it, that's just my personal opinion. And I love this quote. Brene Brown uses it in a lot of her stuff. If you're not out there fighting, if you're not out there falling and stumbling and failing and, you know, coming up short, you're, you're not actually doing anything. You're hiding and you're being a cold, I believe a cold soul. You're not, you're not trying, you're not living. You're comfortable, so, but you're comfortable, yeah. but you're not living. Another, another quote from Brene Brown is, you know, you can either be courageous or comfortable. But you can't be both at the same time. Correct. You know, it's hard. It's difficult. It's painful. It's emotionally uh, draining. But if you don't dare greatly, if you don't go out and try to be courageous in your own life, then you're going to miss a lot of wonderful things that have happened. You might not be feel you might be afraid to talk to that person or approach that person. Um, But if you're daring greatly and give it a shot knows that could be the love of your life or that could be your next best friend or it could be a complete asshole you know but you at least tried you at least dared and you at least made the attempt to to get out there and you know actually put yourself out there which is honorable and i could tell you from personal experience and i'm sure ryan can too the failure pales by comparison to the reward um it is the failure is so small versus the absolute emotional everything though the the reward is so much greater than than any failure that you could possibly go through agreed so you guys dare greatly this week and next week and from now on uh because you're going to do yourself so much 
so much good. And, and you're going to be so proud of yourself for, for at least going out there and attempting and putting yourself out.